I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Welcome back. And you know what? Today I have the privilege of going back to some of my podcasting roots to chat with my very first podcasting co-host. I guess official one, that is. But uh, way back in the day, you know, when Arrow was new and Felicity was cool and and um, it, it's Friday. So I'm the real Brian and, you know, I, I forgot to say something. Do you know what I forgot to say? Podcast Overlord, first of all, welcome. Thank you, sir. I, I didn't know I popped your podcasting cherry. I t- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did not expect that one. <laughs> wow, you actually got me speechless, man. That was impressive. <laughs> Only because I know you so well can I get away with it. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> well, See? yeah, I mean, I had radio co-hosts, but when it came to podcasting, you oh, were... Yeah. You know, the first official. But, uh, man, thanks for joining me, dude. Hey, it's great to finally get on here with you. Well, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time because, you know, you and I go way back when it comes to the world of podcasting back to, what, 2013. Oh, my gosh. Really? That long it's been? Four years? Wow. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, three, carry the one. Yeah, okay. I know. I had to think about that one, too. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like higher math. I have to. <laughs> I'm not so good with that stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um what did I forget to say in the beginning of the show? I'm I'm missing something here. Oh yeah, let's rock it. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> we never used to say that on Aero Squad. People I don't ah, think sometimes you'd work it in, I think. That's true. It was kind of a thing. Yeah. Speaking of Arrow, uh, can you believe that they just totally killed off William? I mean, what show does that? <laughs> oh wait, I haven't watched the episode yet. I don't even know what happens. Yeah, you might be getting ahead of yourself. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we always did that with uh, with Aero Squad. We jumped to the very last thing, you know, the, the what do you call it? The cliffhanger or the shock moment. I haven't watched the episode this week, so I have absolutely no idea what actually really, truly happens. Who's William anyway? I mean, who's who's Arrow? We don't know. Well, I'll, I, I, you know, this for anyone who knows me, certainly. I'm pleased the last few episodes because uh, Felicity is getting a lot more screen time. So you didn't like my comment about when Felicity was cool. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I was going to wait and talk it out, but you know, I figured what the heck I'll, I'll just dive in here and we'll, as we always do go totally off script. Well, that's, that's the best podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, so much for notes. Like I was impressed. You had such good ones. And then I'm like, Oh, it took us what? 67 seconds to go throw that out. We're just going whatever we feel like, <laughs> you know, uh, miss ice was like, so Brian, the, the more notes you have in your show notes, the worse the episode is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, thank you. I have less work to do. I can just get behind the mic and let it flow. <laughs> and, and I always love to talk to folks who, uh, you know, if, if they encounter me and they're like, you know, maybe you could write some articles for our website, Kevin, or something. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let me tell you the Kevin story. 
You give me three bullet points, I can do a coherent hour podcast for you. You ask me to write those three bullet points, it's going to take me an hour just to put that I together. I know. Oh. See, so, you know, I'm the same some way. people are good at some things, some are good at others. But yeah, when it comes to my show notes or any of my stuff, like I said, you're lucky if they fit on the size of a quarter. Sarah and I were at a, you know the tea shop and we were chatting and I was doing some stuff and all of a sudden we get in this conversation. I thought, oh my gosh, this stuff is gold. And I just went, you know, it, it just flowed through from the lips like honey. And it was like, <laughs> ah, I got to the end and then I'm like, okay, I got to write all this down. And I, I put the computer in front of me and I put my hands on the keyboard and I was like, what did we just talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I, it's like as soon as my fingers touch the keyboard the brilliance shuts off. I just have to talk it out. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, understand. I, I can't tell you how many times in a day I use the voice memo app because I'll just something hits me and I'm boom, hit record and drop yeah. it in. Because if I try to take the time to like even just open up the phone, find the notes app by then, poof, it's gone. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, it's um, yeah. Blog posting. I, I have to do that periodically. I am so thankful that that Emily does that for the real Brian show because blog posting for me exactly the same. Three bullet points. We got an entire hour show. It goes by with nothing. And then it's like, okay, what do we talk about or whatever? Write a blog post. And it takes twice as long. It takes me a good oh, hour and, and, just to write a paragraph. Know, and I'm always in awe watching some of uh, both watching and reading over the years. Emily's blog posts on many topics from uh, the continuum is when I first met yeah. her many years ago. And just she flows with the information. And I just sit there and I'm like just wrapped up in what she's going. I'm just always in awe because it, it's just amazing. You know, for a little while at Arrow Squad, when the three of us were doing them, she'd do the blog posts and they were this work of art. And then one week she couldn't do it and it looked like a chicken scratch because I had to put it together, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just night and day doesn't begin to, to tell what the differences were like. I, oh, yeah. People who can write and do that, I just tip my hat to them. Well, like you said, we each have our, our talents and skills and strengths and everything. And some things do come naturally than others. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's a good thing. I, I was actually talking with a friend recently and, and she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm a verbal processor and I'm like, she's like, she was apologizing. I'm like, no, don't apologize. I am too. So don't worry. We're, we're on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Okay. So let, let's talk arrow really quickly because neither one of us has seen the finale yet. It was a season finale, but you did bring up an interesting thing and we started arrow squad. We back when it was TV talk arrow, like yep, I said, talk. 2013 and uh, my goodness, we will. So first of all, I thought it was kind of funny. We got randomly paired up with each other and uh, yep. Daryl Darnell comes to us and says, all right, you're, you know, meet Brian, meet Kevin. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. All right, boom. And we started this whole thing. That was season two of Arrow back when Arrow was like amazing. It's better. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, seasons one and two were amazing. Mm hmm. We had a blast. We had a good time. TV talk went under. We took it over to Arrow Squad and uh, over to Golden Spiral Media. Changed the name to Arrow Squad because that's what you know the the, the listeners so affectionately call, called themselves was the Arrow Squad, which was awesome. And that's uh, kind of how it went. And then you, well, then yeah, Emily joined us, and then she stepped down last summer. You stepped down. What was it? January, I think. Yeah, this year. Year. Yep. Yeah, and then I stepped down not that long after that, February, or March, or whatever. And I, it was, you know, it's so funny because I still talk with Martin, the flash who's been on the real Brian show and he'll be like, Oh, you know, do do you miss it? And I'm like, yes and no. Like I, I miss what we had. I, but I'm, I'm glad I made the decision to step down. It was, I yeah. don't know what it is. It's just a, a complete piece that it was the right thing to do. I'm enjoying arrow again when I wasn't earlier. 
so yeah, what, what, I mean, has it been a good decision for you too? Oh, absolutely. In the sense that there were just other, uh, things in, you know, the hobby side of my life here, not, uh, you know, the, shall we say adult adulting side, but, uh, only so much time. And it just, I didn't have it to do it well with arrow anymore. So it, it was, it was for the best on both sides. I didn't want to put out a crappy podcast just because totally. I was short on time and couldn't really, uh, dedicate it to being, you know, as, as deep into the show and having the time for the multiple watches and all that other stuff that goes with, it. I mean, for those of you that are podcasters, you know, I mean, you're going to take something like this on as a commitment level, you feel in terms of making sure you do it right and do it well. And, um, not that we didn't love doing it for years, but it was that time commitment and it is a commitment. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah, really is. other things were in there. They were chewing up a good amount of my time that I also loved. It was, it was a good problem to have in that it wasn't like a, I can't get out of here fast enough. It was a, God, I got too much good stuff to choose from. Uh, this is the one that I think I've got to let go at this point. Yeah. Because also there was a satisfaction of having done it for a few years and had so much fun, you and I together. Oh yeah. Sometimes when you're in a project, Sometimes you hang around on it a little bit because you're like, well, I just want to get it to the good part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I put so much time into it. But we, like you said, it, you know, we just clicked uh, very quickly, Brian, you and I. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, we had a great show to talk about and, and we got to meet a lot of great other podcasters there. And like you said, the squad of listeners, that was the fuel some weeks, you know, when, when life would get a little harder and you were working and. You're like, yeah, I enjoyed the show, but man, I just don't have the energy to do it. But then we see all the great feedback from the listeners. And it's like, okay, we, we owe it to them. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you know, it was one of those things I remember, uh, oh my gosh, Wednesday nights. I mean, it was like a party around here. You know, we'd, we'd watch the show live. I was so excited to get on. And then we'd get on and we'd do our show either Wednesday or Thursday nights, you know, depending on what year it was. And I mean, I just had so much fun doing that. And then the show took a downward spiral. For those of you who don't watch Arrow, I know not everybody does, but the show took a major downward spiral in season four. And I think we all just kind of got burnt on it. And and then it became, it went from being, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I can't wait to do it to it, it's an obligation. And once a podcast becomes an obligation, you're right. It, it's, it, it's not doing anyone any, any favors anymore. And so it was a, uh, it, it was a tough time, but I got to tell you, I look back now, um, you know, the agendas were bothering me the lack of consistency of story writing. There were just so many things that were bothering me. Once I stepped away from the obligation, you know, and the commitment and the, you know, the time and everything of doing Arrow Squad, it's like there were a few episodes after that where I'm like, meh, <laughs> you know, I don't want anything to do with that. But then it was like, oh my gosh, either they're getting better or I'm relaxed because I'm not looking at it through the eyes of, uh, you know, an, 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 what do you call it? The analyst or the critic or whatever. And then having, knowing that I have to go and put, you know, eight to 15 hours into the show this week, uh, you know, I get to just step back and watch the show when I want and enjoy it. So I don't know if it was that or if it was the fact the show actually was getting better uh, or, or if it's both, I don't know, but it was, it was interesting and, and, and I'm really enjoying it now. Yeah. Again. No, there's always, as with most things in life, there's using multiple factors that come into play. I mean, I was very happy as I, I think you were too, that as you said, the flash and, and Cammy could be there to pick it up so that the yeah. listeners still had the show on a regular weekly basis. And they've been passionate fans too. So that for me, that's a good part of too, what made it 
not as difficult was it wasn't like we were just dropping it and then leaving all the listeners in the lurch too that would have yeah. made that difficult so oh, you I know, know sometimes circumstances are there and timings are good for things never an easy and, decision no you no. know because like you said it, it becomes a part of your life when you do something like that for several years totally i know um, it's like it's, not, it's not just it's you. you doing it yeah well yeah, no. and it is, so <laughs> no, it's that it's that community aspect i mean yeah. there, there was you know but the great thing is, and you've seen it here on The Real Brian Show, is a lot of folks move over and listen to some of the other stuff we do. And yeah. that's wonderful because that's like, you know, that's a friend now. That's someone that's interested and in several of the Arrow Squad listeners I, I hear from on some of the other podcasts I do or on social media. We follow each other and we'll chat from time to time. And that's wonderful. I, I can't stress how, how much, uh, you know, I've gotten out of podcasting in terms of the friendships over the years. It's amazing. I, I I was talking to somebody recently about this as well, and I, I think I do know more people now through podcasting that live in different states or countries than mm-hmm. I do locally anymore. <laughs> it, it is just weird. It, it, it well for me, it's always kind of been that way. I was someone growing up that didn't have a lot of other geek friends around. Um, you know, in in my real life, in the day to day part of it. Uh, so discovering podcasting and, and some phantoms online, you know, in the early 2000s when things started cranking up, I mean, it's just been so rewarding. And and, and it is because, you know, it's almost like I sometimes chuckle with my wife, who's not really into most of the genre stuff or even the podcasting that, you know, I'm leading a double life because, you know, I'll sit around and, <laughs> you know, you know, we go around here to a restaurant or, or you know, even among the neighborhood or whatever and barely anyone, you know, I'm, I'm just your average guy. I, I go to a convention though and I'm so involved in podcasting and conventions and, you know, it's like, oh my God, everybody knows me. And I don't mean that to make like I'm famous as much as it's the community aspect of it. Once you start doing this, so many people recognize your voice or your name or whatever that hey, everybody's the friend. They want to shake a hand, yeah. give a hug, talk about something that you share in common, disagree with you. And I love that aspect of it. I wish I had more of those people that I saw, you know, every day in my life too. I know that's, that's the one thing that I'm trying to figure out how to, um, how to better, if you want to call it that is, is basically the people that are, like you said, they're online, they, they listen They're you know, you go to conventions and you're like, Hey, this is great. But it's kind of like, how do you interact with them on a more frequent, consistent basis when you're not living in the same city together, you know, when you're not physically in the same area, well, you know, how do you do that? And I, I mean, it's like you got Facebook groups. Yeah, sometimes those work. Sometimes those don't. I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, and actually, that's something where we've had some, not some actually, we've had a great deal of success talking about that topic in uh, the Winona Herb fandom uh, for you, the podcast that I do there. Yeah, you guys have such a great fandom over there, too. It's awesome. Yeah, well, and, and along with the fandom, which in and of itself is amazing. It's a great group of people. But the thing that we tapped into that I started doing there along with the podcast, was we came up with the idea of doing, because it was, A, it's a very interactive fandom. Uh, they were very active when the show airs on Friday nights on Sci-Fi, live tweeting. So was the cast members. So it was really like a party on Twitter. I mean, it's just amazing the amount, if you follow the show's hashtag, great conversations going and so forth. And it was such a letdown when the episode was over, because then it yeah. just kind of petered off. So um, nowadays, as more and more of these online video services, the hangout services have become available and cost, you know, effective for quote the average fan project. Um, we started doing video hangouts. My my podcast co-host Bonnie and I, um, and the fans just love it. So as soon as we watch the show, everybody not everybody, but you know, hundreds of people are jumping on the hangout service 
to watch us talk about the show and to interact in the text chat. And we have cast members from the show who jump on with us too, because they're a great group too. So it's created that identity because we bring a lot of these people on video with us for a few minutes of time. So you get to see the person, get to say hi, you know, wave to them um, for a lot of them and other fans get to see each other. So it's created such a close knit uh, fandom there uh, to be able to do that. So that helped a great deal. I mean, that did give that uh, aspect of at least seeing the person and having something beyond just a text back and forth on Twitter or Facebook, but it's, it's really been amazing. It created, um, so much fun with the last couple of conventions I was able to attend because um, it's one thing to go to a convention, which are great, but you don't, you know, some of these people that come up to say hi and, you know, you don't know each other. People use avatars or you barely see them, but at least having done a lot of these hangouts, when Bonnie and I get to, for example, uh, Clexicon, where you're at in the spring, a lot of wine owner fans there, we literally saw each other in lines and didn't, you know, it was an instant hug because hey, we knew who we were. Yeah. So it really created that closeness because you already were very familiar as you might be with people in your everyday life. So that's been a wonderful thing. You know, the video thing, but so can they hang out? I mean, they can hang out with you, but can they get on the video with you? Yes. Oh, wow. So you're, you're doing like a full on interaction with these people. Yeah, absolutely. The great, some of those services that now do it out there. um, Yeah. There was someone's in the chat and we'll say, Hey, who wants to jump on video with us? Cause you can do up to four people on video. So Bonnie and I are there and someone just kind of, via the little chat window throws their hand up electronically and I can click on them and boom, they're on video with us. Um, as long as they get a, you know, webcam and all a decent internet connection, you know, they're there and hang out for a few minutes and we'll drop them off and someone else will come on. So it's a great way to get the whole fandom involved. I love it. You know, I've been talking about doing video here, but I think I've been overcomplicating it. And also I'm going to have to start wearing clothes. So that would be <laughs> an issue. Well, here's one of the fun things we have there. And for any of you that might be looking at doing this with your other friends or whatever, because <laughs> a lot of these video services are popping up, the, you know, as we started doing these, some people who weren't there, because, hey, it's East Coast time when we're doing it. Some folks are watching on the West Coast, so they don't want to be spoiled. Or even some folks are international and they get the show, you know, a day or two later or whatever. They're like, oh, can you record those for us? Which we'd love to do. But here is the thing. We're doing them at 11 o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. The wine owner Earp. The, the event is called Whiskey and Donuts, and that comes from the show. The main character, I know, is a whiskey drinker, sometimes a little too much, and she's also seen quite a bit eating donuts. <laughs> so we right. called it Whiskey and Donuts. Nice. And a lot of people, when they come to the hangout, it's Friday night. They've had a drink or two, including some of the cast members, <laughs> and they're sitting around in their PJs. So we don't want recordings of this. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so while we do say pants are optional, we do try to keep it PG. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, purposely because we do that, so it makes people more comfortable. Because yeah, for yeah. some people were initially like, "Well, I'm not sure I want to come on video because I don't like have good lighting or I'm, I haven't you know washed my hair today or whatever." So we're like, "This is not recorded. It's in the moment. If you happen to be there, you get to see it. But otherwise, you never knew it happened." Yeah, and my breath, you know, if it's not good, I don't want to come on video either. Because, <laughs> but no, I I hear what you're saying, and I think people are actually pretty self conscious, and I and I totally get it, you know. So I. <laughs> It would be, I, I think it's such a cool thing though, that you're interacting with people on video. We did that with Aero Squad a couple times and it was really a special thing. And I think it was neat because you finally get to see people and you get to, you know, not only, I think a lot of times, you know, you read people's reactions, but you don't get to see and hear them, you know, with right. the videos type thing. So that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and doing it right after the episodes aired, you get all yeah. of those. Oh, I can't believe such and such just happened. What do you think about that? You know, so it's a great way to. It's very cathartic to, <laughs> totally. to kind of have someone to do that with and to establish it. So yeah, we started doing it in like every episode, which is our plan for season two as well. I mean, it's a that big commitment, awesome. much like our Arrow Squad stuff in terms of, you know, we're we're setting ourselves up every Friday night, eleven o'clock there. But the great thing from a fandom point of view, and and any fandom groups can do this, folks, is for quite a while you only had those big video conferencing services that wanted hundreds of dollars to do one of these things, but they've now starting to get a lot more startups in this venture where they're either free or pretty inexpensive to be able to fire one up and you don't need much more than a webcam and a little bit of a clue what you're doing to be able to pull this off. So there you go. You know, anybody can do a video service nowadays. You can just go in and and record yourself sleeping. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's whatever. (laughs) Just go to town. This is easy. Well, we're hoping this true entertainment value there. So I'm not sure well, the idea of recording sleeping would really from from know, what maybe Sarah your mom me, or something. But well, I was gonna say from what Sarah tells me, I, I uh, my my sleeping is very entertaining. <laughs> I I mean I, I think I've mentioned this on the show, but I mean it's it's fun to mention again. You know that I had a conversation between Yoda and a Russian guy, and I did mm-hmm. both of the voices yeah. perfectly. <laughs> so I, come on, I mean is that not entertaining? I wish I would have known about it. <laughs> why known to though i loved the show and i think i think i heard about it right about the time you were thinking about doing a a podcast on it and i thought i'm gonna check this thing out it is definitely very much a niche it's interesting because i i've talked to a lot of people about that show and most people were like what's what's why known to and then i tell them about it and they just go i don't understand (laughs) and i went (laughs) okay it's not for you don't worry but you know what how would you describe it you probably have a better way of describing it the interesting thing is it's different things to different people, but it's basically yeah. Winona is the descendant of Wyatt Earp. And if her family has been cursed so that all of the people that Wyatt initially killed in his lifetime, which was many as he was a, quite the gunslinger, uh, come back as what are called revenants, basically re, uh, reanimated back to this world and they're out to get her. So the, it's a case of throughout the uh, time, each of the descendants... Uh, once they reach a certain age, becomes the heir. There is a magical gun that uh, allows her to kill these folks, and they're dealing with them in their local area. So it's it's got a little supernatural vibe, definitely. And I mean the show supernatural. It's got a little Buffy vibe because you got a group that's working together. It's very snarky. Great writing. Emily yeah. Andrus, who uh, was the showrunner at Lost Girl, is the showrunner here. There's a great writing crew, so it's really got a great sense of humor. And it's really got uh, an emotional hitch because the the characters are real and, and they really do a great job. So it's not for everyone. I tell them that, but it's like oh, anything yeah. else in TV show world. You sample something, you kind of see if it speaks to you. And um, that's where this show has certainly done it. So it's it's a little kooky crazy. The lead character is very flawed. As I said, <laughs> she's a whiskey drinker. Yeah. She doesn't make the best decisions. So this isn't like a hero on a pedestal. Uh, you've got someone that's... Uh, making some mistakes so it, yeah. it, it creates a bit of reality there so yeah it's fun but it's 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 kind of a not for everyone kind of thing and i admit that right up front it's it's going to be interesting though in season two because got to give credit to sci-fi a for bringing it back it was not the most uh, widely watched show but they saw a very interactive fandom and and saw some potential that this summer uh, they're kind of going with their theme fridays like they used to do many years ago that we're going to have uh, uh killjoys at eight Dark Matter at 9 and Winona at 10. So oh, you've nice. got some very heavy 
hitters there, strong female characters throughout all three shows and, and three very good shows in, in my humble opinion. So yeah. it's going to be nice to see them all teamed up once we get into the middle part of June when all three of them are running. That's cool. So, so June is when they're coming back. Yeah. Dark Matter and Winona Earp come back Good. for their seasons on June the 9th. Killjoys uh, only runs 10 episodes where the others run uh, 13. Yeah. Um, 12 or 13 uh, on June the 30th. So okay. ma- mainly for July and August, you're going to have all three on Friday nights. Nice. Oh, that's great. Well, I love Winona and I love Dark Matter, as I've said here. I Man, I, you recommended Killjoys and you went off and I... It was so funny. Like I got all these emails from you and I started watching it and I think I got about three episodes in and it just wasn't grabbing my attention and I don't know why. And see, that's why we have so much fun talking about TV shows. Oh, yeah. Because Killjoys had me at the first like teaser trailer. The, the lead character of Dutch. Oh, have I got a thing for her? <laughs> she <laughs> is such a badass and and uh, the lead actress does a great job. And the whole yeah. universe oh, yeah. is, for me anyway, is, is uh, really engaging. Um, but hey, everyone's got a different hit. Some people oh, totally. love dark matter more than Killjoy. Some vice versa. The same yeah. thing, you know, with Winona, but it's fun to be able to have all these different things. You know, we're living in such an amazing age now, Brian. I think oh, I, know. I saw an article that said we're going to have in, in 2017, by the time the year is over, we will have had 500 scripted shows running on TV in some capacity. Oh my gosh. That is Cable, the one thing. Broadcast, niche. Yeah. It's just, there is so much, and I'm doing my air quotes, good tv now it's impossible to for years people would say well i watch the good stuff well you can't <laughs> i know there's uh, so, so many choices shows are so vying for viewers now the landscape yeah. has changed you know in terms of what a successful show is i saw something today and this isn't an apples to apples comparison but um uh twin peaks came back on showtime mm-hmm. uh, just the other day had its premiere when that show premiered back in 1990 it drew like 34 million viewers. The return on Showtime, which is a pay cable channel, so it's obviously not going to get as many numbers, had like 500,000. But in today's world, that's going to be considered a success. So yeah. the numbers, ratings, things like that have changed. Actually, Sci-Fi just came out. Uh, the networks do all their, many of you who watch lots of TV know they do what they call their upfronts in May, where they announce you know what's been renewed or canceled and what's coming in the fall. And they also, many of them talk about their initiatives or the approach they're going to take. Sci-Fi came out and said that um, what they're going to be doing going forward is they are looking for, and this is a quote here, shows that have noisy, quote unquote, fandoms. In other words, very really? active. Oh, you well, um, see, that makes sense. That's exactly you know, what they should be doing. Because they are a niche network. And, yes. and it's funny, too. I take a little, I'll, I'll do a little pat on the back because they said they were looking for shows that had noisy fandoms like Winona Earp. Oh, so they saw yeah. what happened last year. Nice. Um, but they realize now that it's not just the numbers anymore. Good. What's the social media activity? What, who's talking up shows? Which ones are people passionate about? So they actually are doing this year, too. And you'll probably get a kick out of this, Brian, um, as a Dark Matter fan. They're doing an after show called um after dark oh nice which will run on the internet and we'll have uh, zoe palma who plays the android there as the host and they're going to have fans and other people talking about the show i love it so you know this guy who started an after show for winona earp with the fans and the cast on the internet is going hmm sci-fi so i guess you like what we did well they took you as an example yourself yeah so yeah no we've had you know the Walking Dead after shows and others. So I'm not going to say they totally took it from us, but well, I know they saw how active the fandom yes. was and how well that worked. 
So that idea of doing an after show, getting your fans engaged, I think for us as sci-fi fans who for years have been felt like, you know, redheaded stepchild that no one even pays attention to us. It's nice to see the network actually recognize that that's an important thing now. I think that's pretty rare too, because, you know, as uh, she's, I mean, this, this is not stuff we talk about on the real Brian show usually, but as a podcaster, I'm seeing the same exact problem where, you know, the, the, the companies and uh, whatever you want to call it, like the powers that be right Mm -hmm. are looking at podcasts as, you know, you need to have 34 million listeners like twin peaks had back in the eighties. You know what I mean? Like they're looking Mm -hmm. at that. They're still expecting that. And you just said it, it doesn't exist anymore in most in most things, it doesn't exist, especially podcasting nowadays right. with Netflix and the Netflix shows. And I'm so glad sci-fi is, is recognizing this that we have now very engaged and loyal. And as you put it, or as sci-fi put it, noisy fans that noisy fan dumbs. Sorry, that sounds a little better than noisy fans, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. like, that is such a, that is such a true thing. And that's how, where people are connecting. That's where friendships are being built. And I don't think everybody's still recognizing. I mean, even at one point they were, I, I don't know if it was, if it was the, the CW shows, you know, the superhero shows or not. I, I might've been though, but they were talking about the numbers like, Oh my gosh, well the ratings on, I think it was arrow maybe have dropped a lot. And that's, that's concerning, um, whatever. Right. And it's kind of like, it's not about those numbers anymore. I don't watch TV live ever anymore, ever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, I'm not going to be one of your numbers, but I will watch your TV show at a later time, but I don't get accounted in that, that rating. Right. Even though I'm a fan. So it's like, it's totally changing. And it's, it's good that they're seeing that because from the uh, streaming services or, you know, with so many people now cutting cable to, they're using the Hulu's or the network websites to watch these things. They have to realize their models changing. They're going to have to make monies different ways. They're also, too, if you look at the raw numbers, the networks themselves are not canceling as many shows as quickly as they used to because they're recognizing the value of syndication, of being able to sell these shows to Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. And they can't do that if it's only had it. Well, not they can't, but it's not as valuable if it only had a single season. You totally. get a few seasons in and it's more valuable. So as long as the show's got some regular viewers that they can at least still sell advertising on it, they can still market the DVDs. Um sell sell it on iTunes, whatever it is, they're starting to see these other ways that they're of value. And us as fans, we're just glad to have the show we love back. I mean, yeah. so I have to, you know, watch it. It only airs in the summer now. You know, we'll have to, you know, we, as long as we get the content we're enjoying, like you said, whether you're streaming it later on, uh, you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm not helping my show because I can't watch it live or I don't, I'm not a Nielsen family. You now know that you're still you can get on social media, be talking it up, and you can be just as valuable as the guy who's sitting there, you know, in Iowa watching it when it airs at 8 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. So the landscapes rapidly change there, and it's it's nice to see. It never happens fast with networks, but that they're starting to see that and starting to recognize it. Yeah. I don't know if you saw what happened with the show uh, Timeless this year. Uh, it's a time travel show that mm-hmm. aired on NBC. Not Again, not highly rated. It was always one of those doing the air quotes bubble shows where it's like, oh, maybe he's going to be back. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a nicely done show, had a good cast and a really good premise, you know, but it's one that got lost in the shuffle of all of the shows. Um, NBC announced when they were doing their announcements that it was canceled, you know, sorry, you were close, but we're canceling it. I mean, no, no question. This wasn't, uh, you know, a, a rumor was actually announced less than 72 hours later. They came out and said, we changed our mind. We're going to renew it. 
Hmm. And why did they do that? Because of the fan uproar wow. when it was canceled. And because the studio and this whole magical world where you have networks and studios and who pays for what, talk to each other and change, shuffled around who's going to get what profits and said, okay, we can still make this valuable for both of us if we if we go a, a little bit different on this because we know we have the passionate fan base. They now, should have done to that my with knowledge, community, though. They've never really done that that quickly. Sure, there have been campaigns over the yeah. years where canceled shows came back. But that quickly to say, whoa, we got something here. Well, let's not be stupid business people. Let's find a way to yeah. make it work. So uh, that was just amazing to see, like I said, in less than a couple of days, go from totally bad news to totally wonderful news for folks who are fans of that show. And for the network to, good, though. to fess up and say, yeah. You know, we knew it was close. We weren't trying to be rude, but we just didn't think the numbers would work. But we found a way with our partners. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what you. I mean, obviously, the big, big, big classic example nowadays is is Serenity, Firefly. You know, mm-hmm. that whole show, and oh my gosh, what a what a tragedy that was. You know, but even looking at like Community, you and I have talked about that before. How yeah. they went over to Yahoo Screen, and I mean, that's an example of a show that if they brought that back. I mean, shoot, that was 2015, I think was their last season. But if they were to bring that back on through like Netflix or something like that, that show would take off. It would be amazing. And speaking of of Netflix, I, I discovered that, uh, uh, well, no pun intended, Star Trek Discovery <laughs> is actually <laughs> now going to be on Netflix rather than CBS All Access, which I am like hugely thankful for because I was reading all of this stuff about, I think it was CBS All Access, I'm pretty sure, but. I was reading about the network, you know, they were going to have them on and I was just like, it is all about the money. You know, they're, they're trying to make it all sexy and popular and hot and, and that we were going to charge you all of this money just to watch this one show. And I'm thinking like, what are they doing to star Trek? They're destroying it. And then that all apparently fell through and now Netflix is taking it on and it will be a Netflix original. And I thought, okay, there we go because Netflix so far with their original shows has proven to work nicely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully it's, I, I hope they don't change. They did this with, what was it? Was it, it wasn't Star Trek. Was it uh oh no, it was Stargate. That's what it was. Stargate, right? Stargate, the movie Stargate SG one Stargate Atlantis. Awesome sci-fi shows. They did such a great job. And then they brought out Stargate universe and they tried to make it like, I, I don't even know. Like, Twilight oh, it, or something like that. I mean, it was like, or they. I think well, they were trying to be like uh, Battlestar Galactica or something. And I thought, well, yeah, that was at the time when, when, yeah, edgy, rough sci-fi was kind of becoming the thing. So, yeah, Universe had more of that edge than it some of the it. other Stargate. There was some great stuff in there, though. Oh I no, enjoyed. there was, but they, it, the show died. Well, it didn't. I know because it didn't quite have the mass appeal. I think that some of the other Stargates did. I mean, the other Stargates not to claim to be a big Stargate fan, but a lot of them were, you know, if you weren't a regular viewer watching every week, you could still kind of sit down and just, oh, it's on. Let's see what's happening. Because you kind of had a uh, almost a way to just enjoy it ep by ep. But Universe was building a bigger story. So it wasn't as, if you weren't keeping up, that's when you tended to lose viewers. That That's the challenge the networks have now. I mean, you've either got like the CBS model, which again, the de- demographic is much older, where it's like, you know, law and order. Uh, in Chicago, whatever, fire and police and everything, where it's literally week to week for almost everything. Or you get, like sci-fi has been doing, and some other networks do, for the, to their credit, TNT, 
it's an arc. We've got a season-long arc, folks. You better be in for every episode or no, you won't know what's going on. Well, so I, they're expecting that engagement. I liked that. The problem was is that the actual feel and the identity of the show had changed. I mean, it was the same yeah, universe yeah, of Stargate. And then it just went from like, you know, you have uh, Amanda joining in and, you know, oh my gosh, it's so cool. And wow. And then you're going, this isn't the same show, though. This is so weird. Like, it's the same universe, the same reality, but it's not. And the, it, it's what it is. I think that was the mistake they made versus, I mean, the story arc was great, but mm-hmm. anyway, Hey, speaking of, uh, of, well, I wouldn't call the story arcs, but just continuing, you know, the, the franchises and all that pirates five, if you can believe that pirates five out today, <laughs> um, this was ironically held ransom by pirates. <laughs> they were uh, you know threatening to release it early unless disney paid them a crazy amount of money yeah i don't think that happened at least to the best of my ability but interestingly enough i'm i'm starting to see reviews where people are saying that this is the best pirates since the first movie like forget the other uh, three i guess two three four uh and this one's amazing from what i've heard well, I mean, as we know, these folks are almost always great at making trailers. So, I mean, I saw it yeah. when I went to see Guardians 2. And I got I, I to gotta say, even for me, who hasn't been paying much attention to Pirates movies since the first, I was like, oh, that actually didn't look half bad. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and it looks like everybody comes back, too. Yeah, they've got a, you know, they've got a lot going on in there. So, mm, now, I don't know about you, but did you go see Guardians 2? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Did you like it? Obviously, it's because oh, I adored it. I love, <laughs> I love that the first one and that one. I, I adored it, absolutely adored. It. I, I only go to the theater like maybe three times a year. I just it's not my thing anymore. That's what Netflix is for me. But that <laughs> that one will get me there. Yeah. But the thing that I noticed, it's funny. I, I went with my daughter and her fiance, and he and I love to talk movie stuff and so forth. We tried to have a little bet. How many trailers are we going to see before Guardians? Oh, geez. Because you know the big boss blockbusters they tend to have more trailers and i'm like uh-huh. to me i think this is the one they're going to go nuts on how many trailers i don't know how many you got but do you know how take a guess how many we got before guardians uh i want to say we had like 10 so let's go somewhere yeah, in there nine. nine nine oh my gosh i mean my goodness yeah. the movie started like 30 minutes past the start time it's in yep it's on the thing i'm like i'd like to see a trailer or two i really do i don't want to see nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the big joke nowadays is that, you know, the the movie starts at, let's say, 7 p.m., but the reality is, is you still have 30 minutes to, you know, screw around, go to the bathroom, do whatever before the credits start because, yeah, you've got these commercials and then you've got nine trailers and then you've got more commercials about going and getting your popcorn and your soda. Then you've got like, oh, go see your movie in XD and then you've got a bunch of like, you know, glee singing people talking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you just and even make it stop? even with the nine trailers? I was even slightly disappointed because I really wanted to see because I went to the 3D version of Guardians. I really wanted to see the Wonder Woman trailer in 3D, but they didn't even yeah. play it. That was a bummer. They did play the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, that I was did get good. the Star Wars one. That yeah. was that was good. It's still you know it's still so early. There's really not a ton of footage, oh, in there. but it was cool. I mean, got to say when you're sitting for this guy, much like you, you know, who grew up on Star Wars, being in a theater and hearing the theme yes. start to play up build up i'm sorry i still get goosebumps even just the, <laughs> i mean you're like <gasps> you see i i'm old enough and i'll date myself for the listeners who don't know me to the first quote movie going experience where i went and had an ex, you know an event um was for 
Empire Strikes Back when it came out in 1980. I actually took a trip to Boston. This is before I had like a driver's license. So took the public transit, stood in line to see it at a big theater in Boston with a group, which was the most amazing experience. I mean, I'd usually gone to see movies in my local theater. And if there were 50 people, there was a lot. So to go with like 500 and not just like 500, 500 fans who were cheering. Yes. And were booing who were ooing and ahhing. That yeah. was one of my first, quote, real fandom experiences. I, I still remember to this day what uh, what an experience that was to be able to experience a film that I loved oh, with that yeah. many other people and realize there were that many passionate people because I wasn't in a big town. And So yeah, still to this day, for all discussions of prequels or other things, you, you play that Star Wars theme and you just you know take a look at my arm, you're going to see the little hair stand up. It, just, it still resonates you know, 30 some odd years later. Does this excite you too? Or, or this. <laughs> Do you remember when we used to be able to bring lightsabers into the theater? <laughs> you know, we, we'd come in and everybody would be like, yeah, you know, like these duels. <laughs> and then but now nobody, no, they ban lightsabers now at the theater. Oh, it's a weapon. Well, yeah, it cuts people's arms off people. <laughs> like anyone has a real lights. Come on. Oh, it's a freaking plastic tube. I know. <sighs> No, but Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, though. Okay, now that's a that's a dangerous weapon. Wonder Woman next week is when that's coming out. I can't believe that's starting next week. June 2nd is the I am excited about that. I I, um, gosh, I'm trying to say something nice here in the sense of that. I have high hopes, but then again, I don't. So no, let me rephrase that. I have high hopes, but I have low expectations. That's what I'm looking for. And the only reason is because the DC movie verse has uh, I, I want to believe that they're going to just enjoy themselves and not get too serious. Goals are good. Yes. Um, Hopes. But you know, I mean, I, I will say <laughs> that uh, I don't read detailed reviews purposely for a film. I really am looking forward to seeing, but almost all of them I'm seeing for wonder woman are very, very positive. So I, my expectations are getting a little higher and I, I'm thinking they finally did one right. And this would certainly be a property. I'd love to see them do it right. Um, so, uh, you know, fingers are crossed, fingers are crossed. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, but I'm, it is just such a big fandom that loves to nitpick stuff that, yeah, I, you know, we, we keep saying fan is short for fanatic and sometimes that's what happens. I have to believe that wonder woman will, I think it's going to be okay. I really do. I think honestly, yes, what I've seen, what I've heard is that it actually is going to be good. And personally, I did not mind Batman V Superman. I liked it. Uh, it was a very, very different vibe than anything from Marvel, but I liked, I did not like man of steel, but I liked Batman V Superman. So, but what I've seen with wonder woman, I'm thinking like, this is going to be amazing. Uh, so I, I hope, but I will go see it. Of course, we'll talk about it. Um, now next week I'm going to be chatting about alien covenant just because what the heck, you know, it's a popcorn flick. Let's go have some fun. I'll let you know how that went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of movies. I mean, I wanted to see King Arthur. Haven't seen that one yet. And then, uh, pirates five, of course today. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if I'll see pirates by the time we record next week or not, but we'll, we'll do the best we can. We're going to try. Good plan. Yeah, we're going to try. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so many good things, but let me, let me just tell you about something here because, you know, I, I like to joke around that everything I ever learned, I learned from sci-fi and 
Star Trek and the flash. So I was watching last week's episode of the flash and there's a scene in there where HR makes a raspberry and coriander latte. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on. Rewind. Coriander. Wow. Okay. You know me coffee, man. So Mm -hmm. I thought, I wonder if I have any coriander around the house. <laughs> well, ironically, we do. We've got these little coriander seeds. <laughs> Didn't even know we had them. So I, I took them and I ground them up and I threw them in my coffee grounds and then brewed the coffee with the coriander in the coffee grounds. Because I'm like, dude, okay, if HR from the flash likes it, then of course I'm going to like it because HR is cool. A- anyway, wow. That is amazing. Just want to say that like any now granted, even if you're into more of the sweet kind of, of drinks or whatever, that really adds an incredible flavor that pairs perfectly with coffee. I had no clue. So there you go. You don't drink coffee, though, do you? No, I don't. Well, why am I even talking to you about this then? <laughs> well, I know it's, a, it's a, like a cornerstone of a Brian podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, it's so when cool. I, when I listen to some of your other episodes and you're going into all of it, I'm like, I appreciate the man's passion. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Okay, well, how about ginger? Do you like ginger? <laughs> huh? Do you like ginger? Nah. Okay. Do you like I'm tea? kind of a boring guy when it comes to foods and drinks, kind of. I'm one of those bland kind of people, you know? Like meat Give me my Mountain Dew and a bag of chips, and I'm pretty damn happy. Well, that's all you need then. Yeah. 24-7. Bag of chips. Okay, what's your favorite chip? <laughs> I love so many. That's why I, oh, okay. I use the generic term chip i you know i tend to everything from multiple flavors of doritos to even a just good old-fashioned lace potato chip mm. i got a, i got a weakness and it's so funny because i don't like vinegar but for some reason i have a weakness for boulders malt vinegar and sea salt chips mm-hmm. and i i think it reminds me of gaming because we used to eat these chips every time we'd get our game nights together yeah, uh, you know, the bad part is that, you know, it gets that film all over your fingers. So you're trying to lick your fingers off while you're trying to use the keyboard. And then you had to go back later and like, you know, sterilize your <laughs> keyboard from the malt vinegar crap all over. It was great. I miss those chips. I don't even very often. <laughs> or like Fritos and bean dip. We used to call it Beatles and Freen dip. And oh, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Good times. Are you getting hungry? Because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, this is bad. I, I mean, I can't have it. You know, the way I used to as you get older and all. But yeah, I still, like I say, reminds okay. me of eh, when I was young and stupid and just would sit around <laughs> again doing that. But, you know. I'm going to eat a bag of potato chips and a mat yeah. and all day long. I'm going to get off the couch and actually make a meal. No, nah, I can reach that other bag of chips. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm good. I'm going to stay That's right That's what here. you do. You line them up, you know. Actually, I was never one of those dudes. I, I, I was, I'm kind of a clean freak. So even though I would eat potato chips, I'd be very careful. I'd put them on my plate and then, you know, I'd make sure that everything was clean and wash my hands before I touched anything after and kind of weird like that. I wasn't one of those guys that ate, you know, and potato chip crumbs would like fall into the couch in between the cushions. And then like, you know, 30 years later, you pull up the cushions and you're like, there's my old potato chips. <laughs> mm, they still taste good. You know, I wasn't one of those guys <sighs> or girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just in case, yeah. but. Yeah, there's, oh man, I, but I love, okay, well, so you're interested. I, I didn't know this. I didn't know you were kind of into the bland, you know. Well, I'm, I, when I say bland, I'm one of those people, I, and I appreciate, again, people like you talking about coffee and other people will talk about food and, and liking certain things. And I'm just kind of, that's not 
my bag, you know, again, different. No strokes, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, That's cool. I can appreciate that, but you're more likely not going to find me like, like some folks just uh, like my wife or go out to a, a restaurant. It doesn't even have to be a fancy restaurant, just a restaurant new. She wants to devour that menu and look at every possibility and think about what might be for her. And I'll probably just go, yeah, I'll have the burger. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> oh, look, curly fries. I am good. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> that makes it interesting, though, you know? Like, it's, it's good. Yeah. But you like good food. If it's put in front of you, you'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's I'll good. be fine. Yeah, well, that's, it's, that's just, it's not something that I tend to like, you know, like we said, go deep on or anything like that. Oh, I understand. You know, I, so I, I'm a tea guy and birthday being last week. Uh, there are, this is something that I have. To, okay. First of all, quick soapbox and then I'll go to the positive side here. Do you remember when you, you sign up for these, you know, restaurants or coffee shops or, you know, cold stone or, you know, whatever, right? You've got your, your, your favorite little places. You sign up your birthday because they want to send you emails and they want to promote to you. What's your birthday? You put it in there and they send you, here's a free cold stone or here's a free burrito or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yep. Nowadays. Uh, so then, then it changed to here's your free birthday cold stone. Bring a friend in, buy one, get one free. And I'm like, uh, what if I just want to go pick up my ice cream and take it home? <laughs> I don't want, I want to be antisocial. <laughs> what if, I mean, really? Or like, I, I what if my wife doesn't want to buy an ice cream or doesn't eat ice cream? I don't want to. So I thought, when did uh, people get so cheap? So then uh, Qdoba started doing this. It used to be come get a free burrito. Then it was a uh, buy one, get one free burrito for your birthday. And now it's a free cookie. And I thought, wait, Qdoba makes cookies. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I thought, when are, when did restaurants get so cheap? And, Cause I don't know to me that I, I get it. It's a free thing. They don't even have to do it in the first place. But it's your birthday. Why would they cheap out on you once a year just to save a couple pennies? Like that frustrated me so much that that makes me not even want to go back to Qdoba. I'd rather go to Chipotle any day now. I mean, just again, it's more the principle, but I just thought, what the heck? Well, and in today's very competitive world, you'd think they'd be doing things that would make you have a more positive image of yeah. wanting to go to that location because that's where they're going to make their profit is on you coming back, not just on the once a year birthday thing. And just like with TV shows, I, I've got plenty of restaurants to choose from. I don't have to go to Qdoba. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, very interesting because, uh, and, and this is kind of funny, the Qdoba Chipotle thing, you know, Chipotle got that huge scandal or whatever happened about their food poisoning. And uh, of course, I, I read some stuff that they're saying that that bacteria that, that they found in their food was actually a bacteria that is, I think, has a less than 5% chance of being randomly found in nature. It's mm-hmm. a genetically created laboratory bacteria. And so now they're saying that it was likely sabotage, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that was the last thing I read. So... It's interesting because you think about it because Chipotle went out and said, hey, we're going to have natural ingredients, you know, like we're not going to have chicken with antibiotics or, you know, whatever. It's going to be natural. It's going to be grass fed. It's going to be organic. And I think people got upset about that. But what's interesting is that, you know, ever since that little scandal, they have done a lot of work to kind of, you know, recoup their customers and say, hey, here's our customer service. And, you know, they've kept their prices good. And then you look at places like Qdoba where their customer service has gone downhill recently. And it's interesting because you're right. Like with all that competitive stuff going on, shouldn't you guys be stepping it up instead of stepping back? 
But uh, I will say one thing and going back to the tea thing is that, you know, happy luckies. We had them on the show. Um, there's also a couple local shops around here that still do that. Here's your birthday. Come get a free thing. And, and they have come get a free pot of tea, which that could be worth 10 bucks, you know, because some mm-hmm. of those teas are rare. So, I mean, I, I still appreciate that there are those places that, you know, they say, Hey, happy birthday, come and get something. That's really cool. Um, but I got to have, uh, an, a tea from India it was really good. And I went in there and because I had him on the show, it was so funny. I received from a friend of mine when I went to Taiwan, about 12 years ago, I was out there and she's like, here, you know, here's a, a, a traditional Chinese shirt. Thank you for, I don't know, visiting us. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've actually had always wanted one and I get it. And I'm six foot four. I'm a skinny dude. And it was a four XL. <laughs> <laughs> it seriously looked like I was wearing it was like a coat <laughs> bigger than a coat. It was bigger than any coat that I have. It was massive. And I, you know, I tried to get it tailored and just wouldn't work. And I thought, shoot. So I've had this for like 12 years and I finally took it into to, to George over at Happy Luckies. And I said, is, do you have anybody that is this size or at least more close to that size than me? Um, so he actually found a home for it, which is great. But then I, I was in there and he said, hey, I've got a shirt for you. <laughs> I was like, really? So anyway, I'm excited. This one's not from Taiwan, but it is a, a, a traditional Asian type shirt. Anyway, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's just exciting. I love these different nationality shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of like the Guayabara from Guayabara is that the one from Cuba. There's a traditional shirt down there. It's just I, I like that. I like different nationalities of clothing. I like unique things like that. So it's pretty cool. Oh. But again, like <laughs> is that your personality? Or you kind of wear just t-shirts and jeans. Oh, I'm a t-shirt guy. <laughs> I mean, you come on. We I spent know, time I know. together at DragonCon. You know that I've got like boxes of TV show and movie t-shirts. That's drives my wife crazy you hey you got to be yourself man that's it that's that's me that's right and you know if you walked in to a dragon con panel that you're leading dressed like you know and let's just say like broncos gear uh (laughs) you know or or your favorite basketball team jersey or whatever or you're dressed in a suit you know pocket square you're gonna probably not resonate with anyone there Yep. Yeah, that's I'll be in my element there, but most other places in the real life, my wife just looks and goes, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Again. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what that show is, Kim. It's okay. I know. That's every not now and true. Then I, every now and then I run into somebody and goes, oh, cool. Buffy t-shirt yeah. totally makes my day. I have a t-shirt that I knew most people would not get. And it says, uh, uh, and I think I've talked about this, but um, visit Rocky Alderon. You'll be totally blown away. <laughs> and I've, I, most people look at the shirt and don't even, I mean, it doesn't even phase them, but mm-hmm. there's once in a while I'll get somebody will just start cracking up, staring at me and I'm like, Oh, you got the shirt. And they're like, yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, it's, it's a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. It works. I had one, uh, we were up at Yellowstone and I was wearing my star Wars number one fan shirt with a picture of the USS enterprise on it. And this guy stops and just, he, I, I don't know. I think it was sweeping something or whatever. He throws his broom down right in front of me and just says, sir, you offend me. And then he just cracked up. Then he's like, actually, no, that was the best laugh I've had all summer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once in a while, you'll, you'll run across somebody in the middle of nowhere that just gets it and it, it brightens her day. So think of it like that. You are an encouragement, Kevin. With your shirts. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> hey, 
anything I, I can take that makes it seem like it's, it's so okay, true. I'll grab it because yeah, it's, uh, I'm I'm not gonna try to, as they say, put put the lipstick on the pig. I I know I'm acting, you know, like I'm still 18 years old. What Who cares? No, wait, you put lipstick me. on pigs? <laughs> well, that's that's a great idea. I'm gonna try to dress them up and make them look good. What can I say? Yeah, I'm gonna try that. All right, next uh, <laughs> next next week on the Real Brian Show, lipstick <laughs> on a pig. <laughs> so, okay, well, if you can believe it, we are, are already running out of time, but a couple of things I wanted to just share really quickly is you are, some of you, some of you know this, some of you don't, uh, Podcast Overload, you're huge at Dragon Con. I, I still believe that if it weren't for you, Dragon Con wouldn't exist, but the reality <laughs> is you do it every year. I'd love to join you this year. I don't know if I can, but um, we'll see. And you're mm-hmm. on what, uh, 121 panels this year? Is that correct? <laughs> I, I do 12. tend to be on eight to 12 a year. It's, <laughs> it's an addiction. I love it. What can I say? So yeah, it's, it's always a lot of fun talking genre shows and movies. And it's great. I also oversee the Dragon Con newbies group and we put on walking tours and Q and A's for the new attendees to try to acclimate them since Dragon Con's quite the sensory overload. So yeah, it's being involved and being a part of essentially, you know, bringing magic to folks is something I really get a big kick out of. It is, man, it's a great time. It's an experience. And a bunch of us went to Dragon Con two years ago. I've had some other friends who have gone, but man, I'll tell you, if you've not gone to Dragon Con, it's, it is an experience and it's worth worth checking out. But I, I would definitely say that your, your Dragon Con newbies group and then some of the advice that you give, definitely follow. And one thing, and I, I'm sure you said this somewhere, but for some reason I didn't hear it until you and I had that conversation one evening back in the room. And I was saying, you know, it's nice to go see all of the main panels and, and you know, the popular actors and everything, but standing around with a hundred thousand other people sandwiched together for three hours in line is not my idea of fun. And I remember saying that next time I come to dragon con, I'm doing fan panels only. Cause yeah. that's, that's like you've said in the past, that's where it's at. That's where the people really connect. That's where you get to have a lot of fun. I like it. Yeah. We greatly enjoy being able to interact with other fans. I mean, the great thing about Dragon Con is it's, as we joke, it's it's the Build-A-Con. You know, if you want to go only to see the high-profile celebs and so forth, go for it. There's going to be, you know, several hundred of them there. But a lot of us go, and we don't even need to look at the guest list. doesn't matter who's coming for celebrities. We just know we're going to talk about a bunch of the shows and movies we love, interact with other fans, find folks, have some great debates and discussions. Um, and then, you know, you get to really have a, a very intimate experience that way. Uh, along with still, hey, well, I, I want to see the big name folks as well, too. But, you know, it's just a small part of the cons for me by this point in time. That's awesome. So you're going to San Diego Comic-Con again this year? Yeah, very excited about that. Okay. I got to give major props uh, to the folks at uh, IDW Entertainment. They've been very gracious to to uh, invite me back uh, to be a part of that because Comic-Con tickets in San Diego are like, you know. Unicorns? Hard to yeah, you know, water in a desert. They're hard yeah. to get your hands on. So, yeah, you know, for them to be doing that and, and you know, being there to, to uh, support Winona Earp, document it, and, and bring some of the content back to the fans is, is the main reason that I'll be there. So, yeah, it's, it's something I'm looking forward to. Cool. Any other uh, cons you're part of this year? Yeah, also in the Winona Earp fandom, uh, there's going to be a Winona Earp-specific convention called uh, ErperCon UK taking place in London oh, uh, in to London. September. 
Oh, sweet. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a very intimate uh, situation. You know, a con only about one owner up. They got most of the cast lined up as guests, and and actually they invited me to to be a moderator for some nice. of their panels. So yeah, looking forward to it. I think we're going to try to make it uh, part of a family trip, my wife and daughter. So we'll, we'll make it something special. Cool. Yeah. So that is exciting. It is. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I so. love those options. I know um, Heroes and Villains is doing one, uh, and and. Gosh, it's it's neat to see that that they're doing cons across the world now, not just you know certain cities. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go. I know it's, it's, I like the idea of making it a family trip too, because it's like okay, cool, we're going to London. You got to got to look around. You got to do do the tourist <laughs> thing, you know. Or yep, it's springboard back. To get there. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> my wife will be like, "All right, hon, you go enjoy yourself for a couple of days. We're going to do the city, and then we'll let you come play with us." So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, podcast overlord, thank you so much, man. I I really appreciate it. It was good to have you on, and we got to talk some some fun stuff today, as always. Oh yeah, it was a blast getting to talk to you again, Brian. It, it really, I appreciate you very much inviting me on because uh, it's been great catching up on some of your shows with different folks. Some I know, some I don't. Yeah, keeping it interesting. So yeah, I've been looking forward to getting the chance to talk to you again. Well, we'll have you on again. You know, when you have the time. I know we have to schedule you out like three years, but other than that, you know, it's. <laughs> You're just so popular, but no, not really. But I, I really do appreciate because it it's, it is fun just to, like you said, we, we had that chemistry right away with Aero Squad. It's fun to have you on. It's fun to have a good time and chat it up. But all right, how do we find your stuff? And I like doing this for other podcasters because you, and you got, you got stuff to do. You got stuff to share. Sure. You can find all of my um, genre TV and movie podcasts over at uh, tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. My friends Wendy and Brent and I, uh, every week we're up to about episode 420. We cover all the news that's happening in uh, the genre TV world. Uh, but that's also where we do our Tales of the Black Badge, Winona Earp podcast as well. So head over there, you'll be able to find it. Thanks, Podcast Overlord. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, Brian. Great to, great to do a show with you again. We didn't we didn't screw it up. I know. It's amazing. But next time we'll do it in Russian. The whole show. <laughs> Bratva style. There's a, there's a plan. Yeah. And sorry about my Felicity comment earlier. She is cooler now again. I'm, I'm, you know. <laughs> I expect that. Well, <laughs> many years we have gone down that road. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Unfortunately, we just found out that my great uncle has only a very short time to live. So we're needing to see him. Uh, And then, of course, with logistics and all of that, I will not be doing a show on Monday or Wednesday of next week. All of this has been very sudden. There's actually been a lot of things just kind of going on at the last minute. So, And for those of you who've been through something like this, you understand. Um, So we will be back next Friday. And you know what? It's Memorial Day. So honor the veterans. Go out, have a barbecue. Just enjoy the day. Uh, So no episode Monday or Wednesday next week. But definitely next Friday, we'll be back. Have another one. And then the following week, June 5th, back for the normal week of episodes. I'm very, very excited about that. So anyway, I I apologize in advance for that. And you know what the music means. It's time to get on out of here. But have a wonderful weekend. This has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Real Brian Show. And uh, man, I hope you uh, you just enjoyed it. Just relaxed. Had a good time. That's what it's all about. Hey, go have a good weekend, though, and, and laugh. And enjoy, don't think, don't take things too seriously. You know what I mean? Podcast Overlord and The Real Brian, set it off! The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.